0: Warning, the following podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Are you a fan of true crime, cults, conspiracies, and all things sinister? Then tune in with me, your host Steph, every week for a new episode of the Sinister Story Hour. You can find the Sinister Story Hour on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Jury Room, where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth. From cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries, these stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night. Well, welcome back to another Aftermath episode. On this episode, we are talking about Stephen Wright and the Suffolk Strangler. But before we get into this episode, I have an announcement for you guys. Super excited. Something that a lot of people have told me that they're really excited for it to happen. I will start releasing episodes for the Addicted series on May 1st. I've had a great, great reception to it. I've got quite a few interviews, quite a few stories for you guys to hear, as well as the history on drugs and the war on drugs and just so many different aspects of substances in the substance abuse arena. Uh, But with that being said, I hope you guys tune in. Definitely check it out. And stay subscribed, and it'll be coming very, very soon. With that being said, I'm excited on today's episode of The Aftermath. I have Jennifer from the What I Had Heard podcast. Jennifer, say hi, introduce yourself, and where they can find your podcast.
1: Hello. I am Jennifer, obviously. And (laughs) my podcast is What I Had Heard Was. You can find us on Twitter. It is What I Had Heard W1. Or you can just search for us our email address is what I had heard was at gmail.com and our website is w i h h w.com
0: and what's your podcast about what do you what kind of stuff do you guys talk about and cover
1: so this season we're doing women to remember and it's basically just taking women from history who you don't typically know about and bringing them back uh, this season we're also doing. Midnight editions, which I just explain as topics that Pearl Clutchers won't let you discuss at the dinner table.
0: Is it true crime or is it more history based? Which one? Your your podcast, whatever you guys you'd normally cover.
1: Each season is different. So we did a season on you know, reclaiming the word nerd, on you know, <laughs> <laughs> various things that are considered nerdy. We've done this one. We did a whole season of Midnight Editions. And I'll be honest with you, the Midnight Editions are my favorite. And they're typically true crime related. Recently, we have done The Mothers of Serial Killers, which had Charles Manson's mother and Ed Kemper's mother. And we've also done Female Gangsters. (laughs) And the next one's going to be Women in Horror whether it be folklore or movies or TV, and I'm so excited about that episode.
0: That sounds amazing. If a new listener were to turn it, tune into your podcast, what episode should they start with?
1: I think the Mothers of Serial Killers or one of our other Midnight Editions, but I'm partial to, you know, it depends what you want to listen to.
0: So you and I had spoke a little bit uh, through Twitter about your serial killers or Mothers of Serial Killers episode, and we were talking about Ed Kemper and Clarnell. You and I have the same viewpoint on the fact that we feel bad for Ed to a certain point in his life, right? Is that something that you and your co-hosts shared, or is that something that um, it was you were kind of out there on the island by yourself?
1: No, I think they also think that if she wasn't such a horrible individual that he could have turned out differently I always thought that she was the problem but I don't necessarily think that that's entirely true after watching the interviews with him and actually hearing him so the idea of him is or the fantasy of him I guess it is is a nice person who was treated so poorly that that is what broke his brain to become this way, and we don't know. I mean, you lock a little kid in a basement and constantly tell them they're worthless. It's not gonna. It's not gonna turn out well for anyone.
0: Yeah, Ed Kemper is a is a different level, and that was actually one of my first episodes uh, when I first started my podcast. So I I'm partial to it, and that's actually how I got the name to my podcast was because Ed Kemper drank at a bar called the Jury Room with detectives. So I always kind of. Th- You know, I played a little wordplay, I guess, as you could say on that.
1: Well, if you think about it, he tried to, he applied to be a police officer and he was denied because of his size. But what if he hadn't been? What if he was accepted into it and had a, you know, what if he was of an appropriate size to become a police officer? Would he have become a serial killer or would he have stayed? It seemed like he wanted to be a good person. I don't know if that's true
0: well and that's what's that's the problem with some serial killers is they're so manipulative that it's like do you do you even believe that they want to be a good person or is that just their facade to 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 get you on their side you know
1: and he's so smart he's so smart
0: brilliant and that's the crazy part is i i i'm so fascinated when i when i watched his interviews that it was like how are you like no context who he was and you just watch the interviews you wouldn't believe that he was a serial killer right and that's the crazy part about it
1: it's yeah i don't i don't even know with him i i want to believe one thing but there's no saying there's no telling what it how it would turn out
0: so on today's aftermath episode we're talking about steven wright and the Suffolk strangler had you heard of about him before I
1: had not actually. This was the first time, and that was kind of exciting with all of the true crime I listened to.
0: Right. So, you're a, a would you call yourself like a, a true crime aficionado?
1: Well, I used to sleep with my with uh, the show serial killers playing in my headphones. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Same. I'm here for that vibe because I consume a lot of true crime, and it I can't help it. I just I love it all. Yeah. So what were your initial thoughts on Stephen Wright and especially early on in his life? Do you think that kind of helped mold him into what he became?
1: I think I think he was always going to be a serial killer. And obviously it doesn't help to have abandonment issues. Yeah, I think his choices and what he was provided by his family made for an unstable childhood which would affect him as he grows up and the the abandonment probably affected his decision to frequent uh, sex workers because there was no reason for them to stay they were all going to go and everybody knew that
0: i wonder i i, I wonder why these guys always choose sex workers right do you feel like it's probably because they're the less I say these in, say this in quotations as the less desirable of society.
1: I think that the reason that sex workers are targeted is for two reasons. One, you pull up and they get in your car; it's so easy. Two, unfortunately, and it's I think it's changing a little bit, but unfortunately, the police don't care as much. It's a high risk lifestyle, and if they're if they're drug addicts, then they, The police assume that they're transients as well,
0: and they're not going to look. And that's the, I'm glad you touched on that, that it's one of those things that I think the narrative for sex work is changing, and I hope it is. I really am thankful for, for OnlyFans trying to help that. I feel like sex work has become, I don't want to say it, but more mainstream, especially with a lot of like actresses and models and stuff who already are famous, putting their, their names on the platform. And I'm I'm a firm believer that I think if sex work is kind of like drugs, you know what I mean? Where in the sense that it's taboo, it's, you know, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. And I think it's another one of those subjects that needs to be talked about more. And I think it needs to be legal. You have, I think if it was regulated more and people could get tested more, there would be less sexually transmitted diseases and it wouldn't be. It would be it'd be like a job, and then maybe hopefully, you know, police officers and, and law enforcement would take more care in handling these cases because there's a lot of cases that are very similar to this where the killer goes after sex workers and the sex workers are second class citizens, and that's very unfortunate.
1: I heard on on a show, and I can't remember which one it was, I, I want to say SVU, but I think it was the cop called the sex worker who had been murdered, like no human involved or something ridiculous like that. Like, they didn't even see her as a person. And that was just acceptable among those police officers. And obviously it was television, but that show or whatever show it was is not going, that happens. You know what I mean? They didn't just make it up.
0: And that's one of the things, too, is that even though you watch shows like SVU and stuff like that, they, they pull their their inspiration from real cases, from right. real from real life, you know, police cases that happened, and, and it is true that they what was it, the Ripper from England in the 1980s, 70s and 80s, I think it was the same thing. You know, he was calling sex workers, but the police officers are telling the women to stay home. Don't mm-hmm. go out, you have a curfew now, and it's like, "What the fuck why do why do I have to stay home when there's this guy's out there killing somebody? You know what I mean?
1: Right, You're being punished. You can't go make them money and while there are a lot of people in sex work to support their drug habits, there are also people in sex work who are supporting their children, and they don't have drug habits, and they but they don't have any skills that would provide them with a job a job to support a family because you, you can't support a family on whatever what is minimum wage 7 dollars or something seven,
0: like that 750 i think or something depending on what state you're in
1: yeah 7 and change and even if you made 10 or 10 dollars an hour it's not going to support more than one per- it won't support one person but
0: and that's the crazy part too is that it, and and some of the women who you know turn to sex work they have records and once you have a record you know you're looked down upon and it's I don't. I I never understood the taboo factor of it, and it's crazy because a lot of like the politicians and shit like that, who are telling women that they you know they shouldn't be doing sex work, are hiring escorts and prostitutes, and they're you know, they're still sleeping with them, and there's you know, some of them are getting their balls kicked in by you know by a sex worker, but they're telling them, oh, you can't do that. But it's like, what the fuck? The hypocrisy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Politicians are enormous hypocrites. Right. Don't, don't do, do
0: drugs. Do.
1: Yeah, don't do drugs while I snort coke off
0: this lady's this, ass. <laughs> off this lady's asshole, right? And yeah. it's like, bro, that's not how this works.
1: Yeah.
0: And then at this point, so at this point in Steven's life, right, his his parents abandoned him to a point where he, you know, he probably felt abandoned. And then he started his own family, you know, and got married. And and then at that point is, you know, I wonder if he had some kind of depravity, I say depravity loosely, but you know, where a woman, cause it's, it, sexuality is one of those things that people don't like talking about. It. I don't know why, but people don't like talking about it. And if you tell somebody, oh, I'm into X, Y, Z, whether that be some kind of BDSM, bondage, choking, stuff like that, for some reason, people shut down to that. They're not open to, to trying to meet sexual needs. And I think that might've been part of his problem where he that's where he turned to sex workers
1: you get shamed you know what i mean if you have some type of kink or whatever it might be that's not vanilla or you know along these lines that's societally that's not a word is it society accepts
0: (laughs) societal norms yeah that's a word societal just making
1: up words here (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I don't know what his deal was other than his violence, but I do think he had a mental health condition without a doubt. So Conrad had an addition. His dad had more children also. And I would imagine that that would affect him in so far as the abandonment. Like he goes, he finds a new wife and he has a new family. My assumption is, and I don't know why, that his dad did not include him in that family.
0: And that does create quite a bit of resentment within children, right? To watch your, to watch one of your parents leave and then find out that that parent now has a whole new family, and especially if they're not including you on their, whatever it be, maybe their day-to-day or their family trips or whatever, it definitely makes you feel like you're less than and you're not good enough.
1: And anecdotally, I think that Losing that your mother abandoning you has a more significant impact than your father abandoning you.
0: Right. And that I can see that, especially in a boy's life. Cause I know when I was a kid and and when I was growing up, I was extremely attached to my mom and my grandma. And my dad was never in the picture. So I but I had a stepdad later on, you know, in my childhood. But I was definitely more attached to my mom than, than anything else.
1: Right. And and that's probably why, to some degree, everybody, not everybody who is a serial killer, but many people that are serial killers have had significant issues with their mother. You know, they've got a ton of mom issues that need to be worked out.
0: And I, this guy is probably no short of those.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I I would be interested to know what his diagnosis is.
0: Oh, without a doubt. And I don't remember seeing anything. I'm not saying there isn't things out there, but I don't remember seeing anything on that. Uh, But he definitely had some sort of issue. And I think, I mean, even his relationships with women, and that's how you can tell how somebody's relationship is with their, either their family or their parents, not always, but you know, that, how their how their relationship developed with their that parental figure is kind of how what dictates their relationship later in life. So he never really had a stable woman relationship in his life, even growing up being married several times, It's one of those things that that kind of tells you what kind of relationship he had with his family
1: right. and the the violence and the lashing out. Is an example of how angry he was towards his mother, with his mother,
0: and that could be that could also come from a a place of insecurity too, right? Of not feeling good enough, and he's never felt good enough in his life. That he's lashing out at every woman in his life, you know, whether it be a sex worker or his wife. You know, I I wouldn't venture, you know, to say that he probably beat his wife a few times or wives a few times because they probably made him feel insin- insignificant or like that they were going to abandon him. And so he had to try to control the situation.
1: Right. I didn't uh, find any information on how he treated his kids though. I, I saw the information on his wives or, you know, his partners throughout the years that he was explosively violent. I, I can speculate that he has a personality disorder, but I would love to see it. I would love to see the, because obviously I'm not a psychiatrist.
0: Just two random people on the internet. And that's the other thing too, is that he, he tried committing suicide and he had addictions to gambling. And so he had a lot of unhealthy lifestyle choices that created probably some unnecessary stress on himself. Right.
1: Yeah, you're putting yourself in a bad situation. And then to cope, you're putting yourself in a worse
0: situation. Right. And then to top that off, you know, he was in the military. And I think the, I'm torn. Like, the military is good, obviously. We need need military to protect countries. But the military also creates people who are trained to kill people. And that's something that, you know, he had access to. So did that place a part into it, you know? did was he made fun of in the military did did his you know the other servicemen and women you know treat him like shit and that made him feel even worse you know what i mean
1: yeah and his interpretation of things of people's behavior so many people will experience the same incident or you know the same thing in many different ways because it's all about our perceptions
0: And so then he's in, so he's in the Navy. And then when he gets out and then that's when, you know, he started frequenting, frequenting sex workers, you know, like going to brothels or, you know, the, the, the tug and rubs, I guess is what they're called. I don't know what, 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 (laughs) what you would call them for the lack of better terms, but, you know, and that's when, you know, the, the sex workers started started going missing, you know, and then so that brings us up into two thousand and six, and and he had a very short span, you know. So I I don't necessarily know that I unless you know because they haven't connected him to anything years before, but it's almost like it's a spree, like it was almost like something he finally just snapped and he was like, I'm I can't take it anymore.
1: More of a spree killer than a serial killer, because it did seem like they were. It wasn't that. That he he killed them over a long period of time. it's just wet with the snow or whatever they couldn't find the bodies until
0: right until a certain time and he and he was very violent with these women and he he oh gross
1: But one thing that struck me is none of them were sexually assaulted. No it just I, I'm I'm kind of speechless like what was the point you just needed to kill somebody or multiple somebodies? Did you feel like those people were so that those women were so insignificant and worthless that it was fine for you to do? Like I don't understand the justification that these these killers have.
0: I don't understand it either because it's one of those things that it feels like it was like these most of these crimes were opportunity, you know, crimes of opportunity basically, you know, take the the less desirable of society, uh, drug addicts, because most of these women were addicted to drugs, or they were, you know, they had turned to sex work to pay for, for their kids. You know, that's a that's the other thing is a lot of these women had kids, and so, you know, they were trying to feed their their kids, and and now they have to worry about this guy, you know, taking advantage of them.
1: Right, and and the woman who was on the news, um, Paula Clinnell, is that correct? She, how weird is that? For her to be on the news talking about him and then become his next victim.
0: 100% weird. And I did, I tried to find the, the interview and I couldn't find it. I looked on YouTube and all over the place and I couldn't find it because I wanted to to see it. You know what I mean? But I, I couldn't find it anywhere. Hmm. I wonder why. I don't know, uh, but I wanted to because that's it's it's, it's an eerie feeling of watching somebody knowing what their outcome is, you know, and but then, you know, but I wanted to see what if because who knows, you know, was he in the background? Was he stalking her already? Did oh, he, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, was he one of those people that he liked the hunt, the thrill of it? You know, being able to have that kind of know that he's got that kind of power where he could just say, hey, I'm here watching you like what? I I don't understand it personally. Obviously, I'm not a serial killer, and, and probably never will be. Uh, I say probably I will never be a serial killer. <laughs> but it's one of those things that I, I don't I I don't know. I don't I just don't understand it.
1: I I don't either. I don't. And even when they try to to explain it, you know, the interviews they've done with the police, or I'm sorry, the interviews they've done with the FBI. Most of them don't have a legitimate reason to have done what they did.
0: It's either poor me, woe is me, or I'm just a fucking psycho. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, and then, you know, but there is one thing to be said that that this guy created a lot of havoc in, you know, in this area. I talked to a few people from from England and from this area, and they remember it very well, where he, the whole community was terrorized. They, you know, were on high alert trying to catch this guy.
1: What if they hadn't caught him? Like, I think about this all the time. So there's serial killers, and they're like, okay, they killed 25 people. That's a lot of people, don't get me wrong. But if you are a serial killer, in some of these cases, I don't think that you have all of them. Or I don't think... I want to know why. Why aren't they pursuing uh, 50 people, 100 people? Why isn't the body count higher for these almost spree killer type of people?
0: And who, I mean, some of it is they get, they get comfortable, you know, Mm where it's they, the first time they do it, they clean everything up and they make it extremely difficult to figure out, you know, how to do it, how they, who did it. But as they Get more and more comfortable doing it. That's when they start making mistakes. That's you know my opinion. But there's a lot of meticulous people. Like, there's how many serial killers out there have we not caught? Right. Don't know. Like, and then that have a ridiculously high body count who are very meticulous and and have covered their tracks. Like, how many of those people have we not caught? Because we only hear about the people that we well obviously we only hear about the people that we catch. But you know. They, uh, we say that serial killers like the attention, but there's a lot of them who don't, who don't want that attention and they don't want to be famous. Like, for example, like the BTK, he had gotten away with it. He was, he, he had gotten away with it and then, but he couldn't stand not being in the spotlight. And so he had to out himself, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's crazy.
1: Yeah, him versus somebody like Israel Keys, who we didn't even know existed until he was caught. He didn't want any. And he didn't want to be in the spotlight at all, and he would have continued on.
0: The Golden State Killer, Golden State Killer would have never been killed, never been caught, right?
1: If it wasn't
0: for Ancestry.com, basically.
1: I think everybody should get their DNA in there, even if you've committed crimes. I suggest you put it in. There. <laughs> Here we are solving the world's problems.
0: Right. I mean, two random people at 830 in the morning. Hell yeah. Let's do it. <laughs>
1: Listen to us. We know.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so, but the, the Stephen Wright guy, and it's crazy because they're, hey, during my research, and I didn't include it because I I don't personally feel this way, but there's a lot of sympath- sympathizers with this guy who's saying really? that he should be, he sh- that he's innocent, that it was somebody else. W- what's the it's reasoning that he was either he wasn't there or i mean just bullshit it's all conspiracy stuff it's stuff that's not even worth its weight in gold you know what i mean so
1: so there's quality evidence that puts him at the scene of um, them
0: yeah yeah plus there's confessions i mean there's there's no you know there's there's no way that it wasn't somebody else and i don't know I don't know how people sympathize with serial killers. I'm not saying that you can't feel empathy for them to a degree before they started killing people, If they, especially if they had a traumatic childhood, but I, I can't sympathize with the serial killer.
1: It was up until, I mean, it was recently that I saw that interview and that's exactly how I felt. I had so much sympathy for Ed Kemper that I I just, yeah.
0: So I agree. So when I did the episode on, on Ed Kemper, I felt bad for him. I know what it's like to have a manipulative person in your life. I know what it's like to be manipulated and to be, to be talked down to and abused, like not to that extent, obviously, but I know what that's like. And I don't, I felt bad for him. But the second he killed his grandparents, that was it. You know, it was like, you can't, You can't feel bad for him anymore. You just crossed the line that you can never come back from.
1: I I agree. I agree completely. I wonder, well, I could go on and on about Ed Kemper. (laughs) Back to Stephen Wright. (laughs) The fact that he was caught because he was put in the system for stealing a, a relatively small amount of money is beautiful. I think that that's. A poetic wonderful.
0: justice right? exactly
1: i love it i love everything right. about it
0: and then the weird part was is it towards the end of his spree he started posing the bodies like what do you think that would came from
1: I, that is confusing and i don't know if it was a matter of remorse because i don't really feel like that's i don't know maybe he had a breakdown maybe he was in who knows what goes through these people's heads <laughs> Maybe it's just like, oh, she looks good like this. It's
0: Or, you know, does he admire his work? Because that's a, another thing that that a lot of killers do is that they'll go back and admire their work, you know what I mean? It's
1: a good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Stephen Wright was definitely not a person that I want in my life ever.
1: No. And and pa- and Pamela his she was his partner, I believe. But can you imagine I mean, from, from a woman's standpoint, to find out that the person you love and the person that you're with is a serial killer and th- that would be devastating. I do feel like I, I do feel worse for Ted Bundy's fiance because of his because his necrophilia type of behavior. Can you I mean, I would not want to have sex with a necrophiliac. I it's just once That's you've done fair. that, I'm done. You
0: know I mean? right, right, like, you, you crossed that line of, of dead bodies. Sorry, bro, I gotta go. Like, this isn't happening anymore.
1: Exactly. Why isn't um. that on your Tinder profile, dude?
0: <laughs> but the the crazy part about Pamela, right, is that... Finding out that your 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 partner is a serial killer, or a killer in general, is mm-hmm. probably pretty devastating. Oh, yeah. But for her to then turn around and still support him and believe that he's 100% innocent is beyond me.
1: But you see that a lot. You saw that, um, again, with Ted Bundy. You've seen that with—I do like—I I respect a tremendous amount of respect for wives— who find out that their husbands are horrible pieces of shit and immediately divorce them. You know, they're like, you if obviously you did this. And there's probably something in the back of their head. But I just, I can't imagine you're living your life, you've been married 25, 30 years, and then you find out that your husband's murdering uh, sex workers and then having sex with them afterwards as opposed to beforehand. Or that your husband's a rapist. You know, these kind of things. I can't imagine how somebody copes with that. And like you said, to stay with somebody and support them and believe them.
0: Especially a, with all the, the evidence against them.
1: Right. And he's a violent person. So I'm sure he was violent with her.
0: Is it one of those things where it's like the, you know, like where you hear about women who stay with with a, with abusers? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Is it is it the same level, would you think?
1: He just broke her down to the point where she didn't think she could do anything. She could have anybody else or be in a better relationship. I bet that's right. Yeah, abusive relationships just change people. One
0: hundred percent.
1: Yeah, and what you think you can do and what you think you're worth.
0: Especially because of the way that 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 person has just drilled it in your head that you're nothing, but you you know you're beneath everybody. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Absolutely. And, and having like, she didn't, it wasn't just people saying he did it. The CCTV evidence, there was, there's no question.
0: Right. They sifted through what? 10,000 hours of CCTV footage just to find Stephen Wright, you know, to be able to link him to, to, to all the different crimes.
1: That's it. That is dedication. That is tremendous dedication. And the police should be, um, we should respect them for the fact that they did that and didn't just brush it under the rug. Because again, all of these women were sex workers and too frequently they're forgotten.
0: Right. And drug addicts. And then, so you got a double whammy of, Oh, they're, this is the lifestyle that they chose.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And we don't have to, we don't have to have the same level of respect for them that we do we don't have to have the same level of respect for this mother of three that we do for this mother of three who is not a drug addict and who is not a sex worker.
0: And then he gets convicted and the judge still didn't give him. And I know the U, it's a little bit different in the UK, the way that their prison systems are and the way that life in prison works. But he still has the possibility of getting parole, of getting out.
1: And I think if he did, he would murder again. I don't think it's something that he can just stop doing.
0: I, and I agree. He he is he's somebody who obviously struggles with some sort of, like you've said, mental illness, some kind of maybe personality disorder to the fact that he is okay with killing people
1: right how do you just you're just okay with that and murdering somebody doesn't just affect them it's not like you've taken their lives away what about the kids what about the mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters these these people are all devastated whether their family member was a drug addict whether the family member was a sex worker they're still their family and they're still important to them no matter what and you're ruining their lives too
0: Yeah, and that's the that's the unfortunate part with a lot of these cases. Not not. I mean, all the cases. They're somebody's mother. They're somebody's sister. They're somebody's brother. They're you know, it does not just affect that person that you kill. It affects everybody. Absolutely. And it's it's unfortunate that there's a part of our there's a part of our society that's just okay with killing people.
1: Unfortunately, it seems like there's much more. Many more than we think. But how dangerous is it? Like, I would like to know the statistics on how dangerous it actually is to be a sex worker. We did an episode on how dangerous it was to hitchhike. And it's not like in your head. Like In my head, if you hitchhike, you're going to get raped and murdered. In no specific
0: order. I wouldn't hitchhike, and I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's it's one of those things that hitchhiking is scary. And I used to, when I, um so years ago, I drove a, a, a semi-truck, and I drove over the road for a couple of years. And you see a lot of weird people out there, and there was a lot of hitchhikers, and I never once picked somebody up because of the mere fact like you don't know what what their intentions are. There was a time and a place where hitchhiking was an acceptable form of transportation. I remember growing up and and you would see hitchhikers and it was a little bit more acceptable then. But as the years have gone on, it's like you just... And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of good people who do it, but because of these bad people who have taken advantage of the situation, you can't do that anymore. It's the same with when my when i was a kid growing up my grandma would leave her door unlocked and mm-hmm. she lived in a terrible part of town but it was something that she just did
1: it, i don't care where you live i don't care who you are don't leave your door unlocked like <laughs> i lock my door immediately i lock all the doors i have locked myself out of the house you know what i mean
0: <laughs> right right and that's you know but the, again that comes from People like steven wright taking advantage of the situation of you know creating because there was a a time where we had respect for each other but that respect is as as i feel like while a lot of us do have respect for each other i feel like that respect has gone to the wayside
1: i agree and i do think things changed with hitchhiking significantly when there was the case and i'm not i don't have her name but the woman who was picked up hitchhiking and he cut off her arms. And do you remember the story? Uh,
0: yes, vaguely. But yeah, yeah, she
1: crawls mean. back up. Just incredible- oh
0: yeah, and she's trying to. Yes, I know exactly who which which one you're talking about.
1: Yeah, she's naked. She has no right.
0: No uh, arms. I mean, no arms. She's bleeding. She's trying to put her arms up so that way she can stop the bleeding. Yeah. 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 That's that's a oh that's a horrific story in itself. But she's yes. a
1: beast, though. I mean, to pull out of that and to.
0: A I would fucking just feel rock star. Like, Why am I
1: still alive here?
0: <laughs> Be like, man, God does not want me to die, or God, whatever higher power you believe on, believe in, does not want you to die today. You are not dying.
1: Not today. Yeah, it's crazy, but I do think that was a turning point for regular, as regular people, just everyday people. Yeah, everyday people versus uh, sex workers, and I think that's again one of the reasons that they're targeted. You pull up, offer them however much it costs to hire a sex worker and they get in.
0: I don't know, man. It's crazy. Like to think, and that's the, you you just hear it with sex workers and and so much. And that's something that I, I hope the narrative changes. I really hope someday that we don't as a society view a group of people less than when we're literally all just trying to live our lives. Like we, We have free will for a reason. We should be able to make our own decisions and not be punished for it.
1: Absolutely. And if we could get a handle on the addiction problem in this country, then a lot of this would change because if women aren't forced into sex work for drug addictions, then they can choose to do it. They can choose to be a sex worker because that's what they want to do.
0: I agree 100%.
1: And I have no problem with somebody wanting to be a sex worker or doing it. Or, or doing
0: drugs, right Right.
1: I, it's not my business If it doesn't affect me, it is not my business
0: No, I agree Well, do you have any final thoughts On Stephen Wright and this nasty Motherfucker that is the Suffolk Strangler?
1: No, I'm just gonna have In my head for like days Why he didn't assault them It just doesn't make sense to me
0: It doesn't either, it doesn't make sense to me Either that he would hire A sex worker but not, kill them But not assault them
1: Right. and he he did hire some, and he went through and didn't murder them, like most like most serial killers statistically uh they don't kill everyone they meet and so
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty fair statistic right there uh, okay. i that was good. I like that one, yeah well, Jennifer, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you being a part of this aftermath episode. Why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast and where they can find you at?
1: Uh, Come listen to us wherever podcasts are found. Our show is What I Had Heard Was, and we are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. I believe we're on Facebook. But you should come to Twitter. Yeah, come to Twitter. That's where I am, and I'll talk to you all day
0: long. So before we go, I have one question to ask you. Do you mind answering? Absolutely. If you could be one sandwich condiment, what would you be and why?
1: Mustard, because it's delicious. <laughs> I put mustard on everything, like a, a lunatic.
0: So do you put mustard on your ice cream?
1: I don't eat ice cream. Oh,
0: well, if you did, would you?
1: I don't know. I wonder if they have mustard ice cream. I would try that. See, I like horseradish mustard and brown oh, mustard. Okay. And like, not Not like hot dog mustard.
0: Not hot dog mustard. Not so not you're talking dog. like the other kind of mustards yeah yeah that makes it's
1: sense a, the gray poupon of mustard
0: <laughs> do you have any gray poupon
1: pardon me my kids <laughs> don't know what that means and i like every once in a while i'll get into the habit of saying it over and over that's why i I'm feel so like pleasant. your kids
0: need to watch the commercials i, I know think, right that needs to be a thing
1: they're old like old. <laughs> i mean ah, <laughs> oh, shit like 25 i feel like you should know about gray poupon
0: yes they do 25 is an age where you should know about it yep so but again thanks for coming on and i hope you have a good day you too thanks thanks for listening and remember you never know what's lurking in the shadows lingering around the corner walking past your house at night so watch out stay safe and keep listening this is has been The Jury Room. Addiction. Noun. The factor condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. An overwhelming compulsion. What makes us fall into the world of drugs and addiction? Why can some of us dabble in the illicit and walk away unscathed, while others of us travel downward into the deep spiral of addiction? Humans have always had a fascination with the allure of getting high. Our obsession with drugs isn't a new societal epidemic, but one that has actually has its roots dating back to the ancient days of mankind. While the drugs we utilize to try and get high nowadays may have shifted, our fascination with the darkened path of addiction has not changed. If you or a loved one have been struggling with addiction, or have in the past, and would like to share your story, please feel free to reach out to me via social media or through email at JerryRoomPodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. This is Addicted. A Jerry Room production.